ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Lord, we are filled with wonder this morning at you and at all that you have done. We pray that you will inhabit the praises of your people today. We pray for your anointing on your word this morning. As our brother comes to share, may you open our hearts to hear from you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Brother Anand, come on and share with us. Greetings to you all in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You all hear me? Thank you. Praise God that God enabled the congregation here to worship him through songs. We sang a song declaring his, the attribute of God, that he is holy. And we'll be reading the text from the Holy Bible and about the Holy God. Could you please turn with me, if you have Bibles, 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 1. 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 1. Now it happened when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag attacked Ziklag and burned it, burned it with fire. Now it happened. So what was happened before this chapter? First of all, I want to thank God that he has given me an opportunity to share the word before the congregation. And also I want to thank Pastor Steve and the elders that they gave me opportunity to share the word. I love and enjoy reading the Word of God and meditating the Word of God. Whenever there is an opportunity that is given, I take it serious, wholeheartedly read it for myself, study it for myself, learn for myself, and then share what I have learned from the Word. When I was a student in college, the professor, by uh, the professor of strength of materials and theory of structures, strength of materials and theory of structure, structures, he was teaching the new topic called center of gravity and movement of inertia. Center of gravity and mo movement of inertia. And he came to the class, and it was the new topic that he began, and he went to the blackboard, I, by the way, I am from India. So he went to the blackboard and he took the piece, uh, chalk piece and then he wrote the title of the chapter saying CGMI, Center of Gravity and Movement of Inertia. And then he turned towards the students and he said, Dear students, dear students, today I am going to teach you the center of gravity and movement of inertia. He gave a wonderful lecture for an hour and a half. Usually his practice is like hour and a half he teaches. And then last 15 minutes he uses that time to summarize what he taught in one and a half hours. So one and a half hours he taught and he addressed that. 
dear students. And then in the last 15 minutes, he said, dear friends, today we learned, he did not say I taught, we have learned CZ and MI. Then I was thinking in my head, why did he change by addressing students in the beginning as students, and at the end he said, friends, I wanted to ask him after the class. Then he himself answered and he said, I don't know how many of you that you have noticed. Hour and a half before I addressed you as dear students, hour and a half later I addressed you as dear friends. The reason is, hour and a half before, you don't know, you did not know what is CGMI. Now you know and I know what is CGMI. That is now we are friends. Today, we have been studying, we are, we are going to study chapter 30, but we have read 29 chapters, plus Steve and our other elders, that they gave series of sermons and lectures and teachings. Six and a half months that we have spent. I personally spent 20 hours of time to read, to learn, to, 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 to learn. After 35 minutes, we are all friends that when we reveal and open the word of God, what, ha what he has for us to learn. The book of the titles is called Samuel. I don't know, many scholars believe portion of this book was written by Samuel. Samuel, even though the book, the, in English Bible that you see, there are two books, one Samuel and two Samuel, but in Hebrew Bible, there is only one book. It's all, it's, it is titled as Samuel. But the title was given, by Sam, given as Samuel. The story begins with Samuel, but the majority of the portion, majority of the book is about David. My grandfather's name is Samuel. My dad's name is Philip. I am not sure why my dad gave me Indian name Anand. That is that means joy, delight. In my family, in my father's side, all they have Bible names. Lois's dad, James' uncle, he named his son Samuel David. So Samuel, we see in the book Samuel, and we see the story of David. A couple of years back, I have received a video. Someone sent a video. In that video, one of the pastors was taken to the religious uh, community hall. And uh, really fundamentalists, uh, like religious fundamentalists, gave him a Bible and asked him to open to Genesis chapter 19, where Lot committed sin. And then they were mocking him and saying, you Christians say that Jesus is holy God. And you, you see, you, when you open the Bible, that you see a man's sin is recorded there. How come it is holy? How come it is, it is good? Then it came to my mind that when you open the book from cover to cover, you see man's sins were recorded. Man's weaknesses were recorded. Man's failures were recorded. But there is only one who is righteous, who is holy, who is good, who is perfect. That is Jesus Christ. 
no one able to find fault in him. When he was presented before Pilate, he said, no sin in him. Peter, who followed three and a half years with him, and he said, he did no sin. Paul, who experienced after following him, and he said, he knew no sin. Sinless, perfect, holy God of this Bible that we are going to study. Man is imperfect, man is sinner, but God is holy. Jesus Christ is alone holy. That God, the book of the God of this book is holy. 29 chapters, what has happened? If this book is talking about three people, three prominent people, and three major battles. Three prominent people. It begins with Samuel and then Saul, and then David. The book begins with prayer. The end of 2 Samuel ends with prayer. Samuel was a great man of God that was called by God for his ministry. If you see the biblical Israel that was transitioned, it began with theocracy. God was their, God was their king. Theocracy to democracy to bureaucracy to autocracy to aristocracy. So, all the nations, they had their own kings, but Israel did not have a king because God was their king. But they wanted to have a king. In the beginning, you see patriarchs. It was ruled. The country was ruled by patriarchs. And then it goes to judges, then prophets, then princes or kings, and then priests. So that is the transition that you see. Samuel was a good man, man of God, but you see in the beginning of his, his, his life, he ruled the country very well. He gave the good governance to the country very well as a judge, as a prophet, but he failed to raise his own family. So that is why I gave the title like, Good Beginning, Bad Ending. Good Beginning, Bad Ending. There are people that began bad, ended well. There are people that began good, ended bad. But there is only one who began good, who ended good. That is Jesus Christ. There is no one in this book that began good, ended good. So Saul's, Saul began well, but ended well, uh, began well, but ended bad. He failed to raise his family in godly way. Eli was a priest. He began well, he failed to raise his family well. So God, people wanted a human king, democracy. And God allowed Samuel to use Saul or appoint Saul as their king. It was God did not really pleased with Saul to appoint him king. But in the kingdom that you see, the difference between like Saul's kingdom and David's kingdom, the way that we have kings and, and the rulers we have today, and the kingdom that he is going to bring, that is how we need to see the difference. So in the event, in the Bible, that you see type of Jesus Christ. Type of Jesus Christ means in the events that you see the attributes of Jesus Christ, in the character of the people that you see the attributes of Jesus Christ. So the kingdom that he is going to bring, that is like Davidic, Davidic kingdom, the kingdom that we are now, like a democracy, that is like Saul's kingdom. 
So he wanted to show the difference between the Saul's kingdom and David's kingdom that he is going to bring his kingdom. So uh, uh, Saul was a bad king. He, he, he behaved like a good king. In the beginning, he showed humbleness, but that was fake humbleness, fake obedience that when we read other chapters. There are three battles. Initially, they went, uh, people of Israel went against Philistines. So Israel, uh, Israel on the, like, I, showed, I don't have a map, but I'm just showing you. In my, it is, map is in my head. So on the north, like Syria, Syria, and on the, on the west, on the, uh, on the east, like Iran and Iraq are, uh, are Babylon, and the south, Egypt, and then here on the west, like uh, today, uh, Gaza, they call it Palestine. So Philistines was there on the west. Israel had to fight with all these surrounding nations, and now a continuous enemy or enmity was Philistines on the left, on the west side of the country. Philistines, uh, Israel attacked Philistines. They both went to the place called uh, uh, Ebenezer, or from Shiloh to Ebenezer, and then Philistines came to uh, Afek, and they, they lost, uh, Israel lost the war, lost the battle. And they have taken the Ark of the Covenant from, from Shiloh to Afek. And they kept it there for seven years. Then they moved, they transferred to Ashdod on the south, and then to uh, Ekron, and then, uh, uh, and then he, they went to Bethmephesh, Beth and then Kiryat Zerim, they, put that, uh, they kept the uh, Ark of God for 20 years in Kiryat Zerim, and then finally moved to Jerusalem. So that was the first battle that you read from uh, chapter 4 to 88. Then the second battle in chapter 16 and 17 that you see, God told Samuel to anoint a king, the future king, that is David, who was shepherd. Shepherd boy, son of Jesse, the, the youngest one, eighth boy, eighth son, who was tendering his dad's father's sheep. And God gave him experience to kill the lion. God gave him experience to kill bear. And he was a good musician, like he was playing harp. And there was a time that Israel had, had, uh, wanted, uh, had a war between Philistines and Israel, they went to the place called Gath. First war was in Afek, second was in Gath, and the third was in Giblon that you see in chapter 31. This is the second war. I, uh, David went to Gath to, uh, to, to, to face, to fight with uh, uh, Philistines, and uh, Philistine, the giant Goliath said, do you think that I'm a dog? In his, in, indirectly, he's saying that I'm a dog. And in David's view, in David's mind, he's thinking that, yes, you are a dog. Because he had experience in fighting with uh, animals like big, big animals, cruel animals like bear and lion. And uh, Goliath's stature, he's tall, 9 foot, 9.6 feet. And he had full arm. But he, he's saying that, am I a dog? Then David is saying, yes, you are a dog. I am going to kill you with just one slingshot. He learned physics, like centrifugal, centripetal force as well. 
just once, one shot, and then he, he, he slew it, and then that, that, that man died. God was preparing him for a, for a divine kingdom through David. And another, another war, as I, was show, as I told you, that the third war, third war is, it began in chapter 28. In, in between these, that victory led David for series of sufferings. Series of sufferings. Saul was trying to chase him, kill him. Saul had opportunities to kill Saul. David had opportunities to kill Saul, but he, 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 he did not do that because he's a godly man. Philistines prepared a war to go with, uh, against uh, Israel, and Israel Saul was also preparing to go against, against uh, Philistines in the place called uh, Gebelon. That begins in chapter 28. In between this, David lost his trust in faith and lost his faith in God. And he had his own plan. Instead of, instead of, his, instead of staying in the land where he is from, but he went to the foreign land and approached Philistine king Achish. And he went and he joined his army. And he was also preparing to go and fight against uh, Israelites, his own people. His army men, Akish's army men, five captains said, no, I can't trust this man. He is an Israelite. He is a Jewish man. He is a Hebrew man. He is acting like he is going to fight against them. So that is how he was dropped. When he was dropped, Akish said to David, go back to your own place. I have, already, I have already given you a place called Ziklag in the south of Gath, which is 25 miles south in Philistine's land. So go back there. As he was going back and he heard a news, David had, David, uh, David, uh, David had 600 army men and their families. So around 3,000 people were living in the place called Ziklag in the foreign land under the governance of uh, Aukish. And what happened to Ziklag when he returned to Ziklag in verse, verse chapter 30 that you see? So this chapter 30 is beginning with the bad report. It begins with the bad report, ends with the good report. Begins with the bad report, ends with the good report. So I mean between bad report and good report, what was the action? What were the actions that David had taken? That we'll see. So the entire chapter that I have divided into seven portions. Seven portions. Chapter, chapter 30, verse 1 to 4, I said, I said a report on the inv in, a report of the invasion. Ziklag was invaded. That was the report that was recorded here. And then verse 4 to 8, I said, return and requested. David returned to Ziklag and requested or inquired of the Lord, what shall I do now? And then verse, 29, uh, verse 9 to 10, I said, reacted to the action that was happened, reacted to the invasion that was happened, and responded wisely. Verse 11 to 16 that you see, he remembered the mercy of God that he received and exercised that mercy on an, an enemy. It is like a good Samaritan. Verse 17 to verse 20, he recovered all the wealth that was invaded by by Amalek, Amalekites. 
verse 21 to 25, it, it is like he rejected the heed of the un, uh, uh, ungodly men. He rejected the heed of the ungodly men. Verse 26 to 30, 31, I said, reached out his fellow brethren. Reached out his fellow brethren. It all starts with the letter R, and I'm trying to copy Pastor Steve, like the words that, that he uses. Verse 30. Now it happened when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag attacked Ziklag and burned it with fire and had taken captive the women and those who were there from small to great and they did not kill anyone but carried them away and went their way. So David and his men came to the city, and there it was burned with fire. Their wives, their sons, and their daughters had been, ta had been taken captive. There was another enmity, or a group of people like Amalekites. Who are these Amalekites? We all know Abraham. Abraham had two sons, Isaac and Ishmael but I'm just concentrating on Isaac's side. Isaac had two sons, uh, 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 Esau and Jacob. Jacob had 12 sons. Esau had, I don't remember how many sons he had. Uh, so Jacob had, uh, sorry, Esau had a son by name Eliphaz. Eliphaz had a son named Amalek. So he is from the uh, Abraham descendant, like Amalekites or Amalek, his great-great-great-grandson of Abraham. And David's side, on the David's side, David's father is Jesse, Jesse's father is Obed, Obed's father is uh, Boaz, Boaz and Ruth, and then they are the descendants in, uh, of Rahab. These are all recorded in Matthew chapter 1. Saul, God rejected, God appointed Saul as a king, but God rejected Saul as a king because he does not he did not come from the line of Judah he came from Benjamite Jesus Christ this was a plan of God that Jesus Christ is going to come in the line of Judah as son of David so that is why God preserved David for his for his glorious coming so Amalekites came to Ziklag and they invaded they 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 they, they fired the entire city more than 3,000 people were there. Only 600 people were, went with, uh, 600 men went with uh, uh, David for war. And now all those 600 men coming back to Ziklag, and they found that their wives, their children, all were they taken captive, and the wealth they, ha wealth they had was burnt fire. Gladly they did not they did not kill not even a one person there. So that is why Holy Spirit God clearly mentioned not even one person that they had killed. They killed. So what was the response of these 600 men and also their leader David? In verse 4 to 7 that you see, what was their resp response upon, the, upon their return? Then verse 4. Then David and people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives, Ahinoam, the Jezreelites, and Abigail, the widow of Nabal, the Carmelite, 
had been taken captive. Now David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him, because the soul of all the people were grie was grieved, every man for his sons and his daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord, his God. Then David said to Abiathar, the priest, Ahimelech's son, please bring the ephod here to me. And Abiathar brought, to the, brought the ephod to David. When I read the verse 4, I thought like, if I am there, I can't hear their voice. Because 600 men were, how did they cry? They wept and they were bigly weeping, crying out loudly. When uh, my children, Timothy and Abby, were small, when I used to take them to, take them to the hospital, children, when they were children, I see a lot of babies crying. I can't hear their sound. So now when I see, I see that adults are crying, 600 men were crying on the top of their, to the top of their lungs, bigly. Instead of crying out to the Lord, kneeling down, but they were crying out with grief. When, they have, when David has seen their cry and their weeping, he grieved in the, his heart, distressed. And some of the men again, uh, went against uh, David and they wanted to kill him. David planned to escape from Saul. Now his own people trying to kill him. So how stressful situation that was for David. He went and inquired of the Lord. A godly man inquired of the Lord and he asked uh, Abiathar to give me ephod. Ephod is like a garment that he went and prayed before God. Verse 8 to 8, um, uh, 8, 9, and 10, you see the response. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them, and without fail recover, recover all. So David went, he and 600 men who were with him, and came to the brook Beser, where those stayed who were left behind. But David pursued he and 400 men, for 200 stayed behind who were so weary that they could not cross the brook Beser. You see David's response. He inquired of the Lord. I was reading some book about like how the uh, like um, the corporate leaders that they make decisions. When do you like uh, when you say a person is a good leader, good administrator, good manager? The, the, when I say that, or when people use, usually say that he's a good manager, good leader, good director, based on the decisions that they make, based on the decisions they make, then you say he's a good leader. You see the decision that he is making. The word decide. Decide means there are ten options. You kill. Side means killing. You kill all those ten, the nine, and then take only one. That's called decide. He has decided to go and inquire of the Lord. Like suicide means self-killing. Self, self Sororicide, homicide, insecticide, pesticide. That means all killing. He decided. He killed all the options. And went and inquired of the Lord because he's a divine man, divine king, uh, divine elect king. And he, has con he got confirmation from God saying that, go pursue. Without fail, you are going to recover everything. And then verse 11 to 16, 
Now all these six man, 600 men going back to, fo to, to follow Amalekites to bring their wives and children back and also the wealth that they have lost. So in 11 to 16, as they were going, a new incident that, was, that, that, we have see, that you see here, unexpected incident that you see, verse 11 to 16, then they found an Egyptian, uh, Egyptian in the field and brought him to David. They gave him bread and he, and he ate and they let him drink water and uh, they gave him a piece of a cake of figs and two clusters of raisins. So when he had eaten his strength, uh, his strength came back to him for he had eaten no bread, not, not drunk water for three days and three nights. Then David said to him, to whom do you belong and where are you from? And he said, I am a young man from Egypt, servant of an Amalekite, and my master left me behind because three days ago I fell sick who made an invasion of the southern area of the Shirathites in the territory which belongs to Judah and of the southern area of Caleb. And we burned Ziklag with fire. And David said to him, Can you take me down to this troop? So he said, Swear to me by God that you will neither kill me nor deliver me into the hands of my master, and I will take you down to this troop. And when he had brought him down, there they were spread out over all the land, eating and drinking and dancing because of all the great spoil which they had taken from the land of the Philistines, from the land of Judah. It is like a good Samaritan story. When David got an opportunity to kill his, not his enemy, actually Saul's, Saul was treating David as in his enemy, but he did not kill him. Now you see, Ziklag is the one who was there to put the fire of the, of the, of the city. But he, he, he's showing mercy towards this enemy, towards this enemy soldier, army man. And he used his help. It is like a good Samaritan. Good, 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 good Samaritan. Uh, so this is the like, type of Christ that you see. David, he inquired of the Lord. It is like a type of Jesus Christ. Here you see, showing mercy towards an enemy. So it is like type of Jesus Christ. When Jesus, in, during the earthly ministry of Jesus Christ, when he was walking in the streets of Jerusalem, a blind man, he said, Oh, son of David, have mercy on me. Son of David, have mercy on me. He shown his mercy. Same way here, David was there like a type of Jesus Christ. This army, uh, enemy army man, uh, Egyptian, who burnt Amalekite, um, uh, Ziklag, and he's saying, have mercy on me. And he has shown mercy on him. And verse 17 to 20, then David attacked, attacked them, them means Amalekites, from twilight until the evening of the next day, from evening 6 o'clock to the next, next evening, like 24 hours, he attacked them. Uh, 400 men, 200 men did not go from, uh, from Ziklag to Beeser, uh, Brook, it is 16 miles, so 200 lazy men were not able to go. It looks like uh, we didn't, I was just thinking through, they did not have Honda, but horses. They did not have, have Camry, but Camel. They did not have Volkswagen, but they went on walk, foot. So these 200 men, they did not even use their foot to go, and they laid back. So verse 18, so David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away, and David rescued his two wives 
and nothing of theirs was lacking, either small or great, sons or daughters, spoil or anything, which, had, which they had taken from them, David recovered all. When he inquired of God, he promised him that you are going to recover all. So here he recovered all. What did he do with that wealth? He did not keep his own bank accounts. So, and then verse 21, on, 21, to, uh, 21 to 25 that you see, he is rejecting. Some people came and they said, you just distribute to those 400 men and their families, not to 200, 200 people because they were lazy. They did not partake in the, in the, in the war. Then he used a principle that whether you are watching the uh, weapons uh, outside of the battlefield or whether you are in the battlefield, both will get the same share. So that is the principle that he used from 21 to 25. You see, like, the wealth of God, he conquered sin and death on the cross. The wealth of justification that he has given you equally for everyone, for you, me, and everyone. So that is that you did not do anything, even though these 200 men did not do anything, but they got the equal share because they were, they were with David. So verse 26 to 31 that you see, he reached out his 13 elders. There are 13 elders of his own brethren. He distributed that uh, wealth as well. He did not keep that wealth. The type of Jesus Christ in David that you, that you see here. When I was reading this book, the main verse, like the two verses that really caught my heart was in chapter 3, 1, one, chapter, uh, 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse, uh, verse 1. Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. And these, and there was no widespread revelation. The word of the Lord was rare. So in chapter 28, you see Saul inquired of the Lord, but God did not talk to him. Those days, God was not talking to them directly, but through prophets. Same way here, God, the word of God was rare in those days. God spoke to the people of Israelites through Samuel. Today, the, those days, word of God was rare. Today, wor word of God is plenty available to you all, to you, me, and all. That is why I always read the word of God from the printed textbook like this. I never ever use digital device to read, to teach, to preach, or something like that. I'm not commenting on anything, but I, I, I have reverence for this word. In, uh, even same way that I also teach my children, Timothy and Abby, they never ever use, read the word of God from digital devices. They use from these words only. If you read, if you see my Bible, all markings and all. I cannot mark, uh, I don't know, I, I'm not a very good tech guy, so I cannot mark on the digital devices because the word of God is available now, use it. There is a day that, I don't think, but here in the United States, but there are some parts of the world that the word of God will be taken away. Before it, was, it is taken away, read the word of God. In, in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 2, verse 4, verse 6, verse 7, verse 8 and 9, you see, I'm just titling the, those words. Chapter two, six, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 2, I say, copy the word. Verse 7, I say, carry the word. I always love to carry my word, word of God in my hands. And, uh, and then verse 10 says, commit to the word. Whatever the word that you read, commit it to it. 
carry, copy the word, carry the word, commit to the word, and also convey the word to the world. So that is the biggest lesson that I have learned. And then another lesson in 1522 that you see, as I was reading through, chapter 15, verse 20, chapter 15, verse, uh, um, verse, chapter 16, verse 7. For the Lord does not see man sees, for man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. God looks at the heart, not at your head, not your hands, what you give, how much you give, or how much you have, but he looks at the heart. He is only, he, so read the word wholeheartedly, serve the Lord wholeheartedly, love the Lord wholeheartedly. And uh, we see this morning that Jesus Christ, uh, David as type of Jesus Christ. And also you see uh, in other words that uh, God does not look into the sacrifice, but his obedience. Obedience comes from heart, not from head, or not from hands, or from legs. It comes from heart. So here this morning, more than the sacrifice, that he looks at your heart. We have seen type of Jesus Christ, that he has shown mercy towards the enemy. He inquired of the Lord, and he also shared the wealth. This morning we see the emblems that were set here. The sacrifice, the only one and final sacrifice that was accomplished on the cross of Calvary 2,000 years ago for you and me to share the equal wealth. Let us worship him in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this, this morning that you enabled us to come before you to remember cross, Christ, and crucifixion. Jesus Christ is God, creator, sustainer, rock, redeemer. Even though he is God, he came down from heaven to earth. He lived perfect and holy life on the face of the earth. He died on the cross for my sins, for our sins. On the cross, he cried a big cry, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me? He died, he was buried. On the third day, he rose again, appeared to many, many people, lived for another 40 days, went to the heaven, seated on the throne, and being exalted by the heavenly realms. This morning, as little flock, the blood-bought children, we also join the heavenly realms to give him glory and honor for who he is and what he has done. We thank you for the great gift of salvation that you have given to us and was accomplished by Jesus Christ alone as we offer this worship from the bottom of our hearts. Please be seated on, our, uh, on the praise and worship. Also, bless us as we partake in the emblems that were set on the table, the blood that was shed on the cross, the body that was offered by Jesus Christ on the cross. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. His praises are